Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, John, it's back. I mean, yes. America's favorite pastime. That's right. Baseball. Baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I was watching the expedition or some ex- exhibition games this last week, and no one in the stands except for mom and dad, probably. They probably felt like they were back in Little League. <laughs> probably. <laughs> in a gigantic stadium. And it will be interesting. I didn't see the game yesterday, yeah. but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. So we got golf and baseball. There we go. Korean baseball has been on for months now. I mean, come on. You haven't been watching that? No, well, you know, I've thought about it. You told me about it. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's on yeah. at 5.30 I'm, in the morning. So. I've been enjoying golf. It's kind of the same with, yeah. with or without fans almost. And so. football is around the corner. There's still talk anyway. We'll see. Yeah, but, I sure hope they can make a decision and move forward with that. That, that would be a crying shame if something happened. So yeah, yep. But keeping uh, our fingers yeah. crossed. So sports are there. Summer moves on. You know the heat, the humidity, the you know all of that still here in July. <laughs> but uh, you know, but we have some great topics to talk about here because you know things are moving on in the markets too, and uh, you know the financial world never stops. And we have the seven reasons to roll over your four hundred one k, John. I mean, this is a great article out of Investopedia and. You know, we see people all the time that have kind of orphaned their 401ks. They just leave them alone. They forget about them, out of sight, out of mind, and it sits there and it just drifts. And a lot of times it's not in a very good place, you know. Mm-hmm. It's in something fixed or it's just uh, not well allocated. Not well allocated. So we're going to talk about the seven reasons why you should consider your rolling over your 401k, getting it, you know, where you can see it. And then we're going to follow that up. Yeah, we're going to look at uh, your your portfolio. This is an investing uh, topic and um, things that you can do during um, difficult times in the market. And, and, and we saw how this played out back in, in March, uh, when March was such a difficult time. A lot of questions now of, hey, our market's going to go back down in the fall. Well, no one knows that. But there is a playbook that you can follow with good markets and down markets and kind of takes the stress. Uh, you don't have to time it or try to guess on what to do, what not to do. So we'll cover six steps that you can do. Yeah, so if you're worried about another pullback, these are the things you should should focus on. So a good topic. By the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro with over 25 years' experience in providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey Certified Counselor. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 28 years. We're excited to have you listening to us today on our weekly show. Our podcasts are up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, check out our website, moneymd.net. We have hundreds of podcasts out there now, a lot of different topics. Uh, Also, some really good tools on the website uh, from retirement planning, some college information out there, some budgeting tools as well. And we have a Facebook page, uh, MoneyMD, that you can go check out. We put a prescription of the week, and I think it's my turn this week. So that's right. Go check it out. We're, some of us are more uh, creative in that than others. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But like you said, I mean, we have all the old shows out there, and we, we've been doing this for like nine years. So we've covered pretty much every topic yep. that you can imagine. So check it out on MoneyMD.net. And we're going to start off here, though, with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, this uh, source is the Millikan Institute. And, Steve, I mean, you know, the markets have, have recovered, not fully, but they've recovered pretty significantly. And one of the reasons is the positive news coming out from the healthcare community. There are uh, about 197 vaccines um, for the COVID-19 wow. pandemic currently in development stage. Uh, none of them have, you know, received FDA approval, but there's a couple 
by Pfizer, uh, Johnson and Johnson, AstraZeneca, um, Moderna. Moderna, yeah. They're in. They're going into phase three, and some of them. The timeline is very surprising. They could be emergency use as early as September and October of this year. So, you know, markets are seeing that, and they're kind of written off 2020, and they're looking towards 2021 and 2022 when these vaccines are in widespread production and use and kind of getting back to normal a little bit. So 197 vaccines, man. That's, that's a lot that's of them. Incredible. There's been a lot of effort put into this, you know, and, and some treatments too, cures that are out yes. there too. So there's a lot of exciting breakthroughs that are being done. I mean, I, I think they really will have something by the end of the year. You know, of course, it will take a while to produce that and get it distributed to everybody. But, you know, it's good news. I mean, this will not last, be around forever. So right. take heart. You know, let's don't let's don't just wallow in our current situation because it is a little depressing not be able to travel and do everything you want to do. Yeah. But, uh, you know, still, I mean, it will. This will get behind us eventually. This too shall pass. This too shall pass. So a uh, good fact of the week. And that leads up to our first topic here, and that is the seven reasons to roll over your 401k. And as I mentioned, this is by an art, this is based on an article from Investopedia, Tim Parker, um, very recently. And um, but John, we get this question all the time about whether you should keep your 401k in place or roll it over when you leave the company. And it's an important decision. Um, you know, whenever you change jobs, you have several options with your 401k account. You can cash it out. You can leave it where it is. You can transfer it to a new employer's 401k plan if you get another job and want to exist. Or you can roll over to an individual retirement account. Um, but, you know, forget about cashing it out. I mean, the taxes and penalties are likely to be huge and it will kill you. So you don't want to do that for sure. Um, but for most people, rolling over your 401k like the federal TSP plan or 403b um, for those in the public nonprofit sector into an IRA is usually the best choice for a lot of reasons. Um, and, you know, I mean, on the flip side, I mean, the primary reason you might leave it to your plan, though, would be if you're if you're age 55, um, but you're not 59 and a half and you take early retirement, then you might want to leave some in your plan to make it easy to take penalty free distributions before 59 and a half. Um, so that's the primary reason people would leave it there. But other than that, you can roll the rest of it or all of it to a to an IRA, and there are a lot of good reasons for doing that. Yeah, and then the first one is is there's just simply more investment choices outside the 401k. I mean, typically the 401k is limited to just a few planets in the investment universe, and in all likelihood, you know, you have the choice of a few mutual funds. You know, mostly in U.S. Uh, large uh, funds, some bond funds or two. And there's just not, in a lot of plans that we see, just not a lot of choices. And the administration cost of a 401k typically goes up with the more choices um, that you have. So that's why they keep them limited. And we even see a local plan here that's very, very large that does not have real good selection uh, of different asset classes out there. So, but when you're in an IRA, you have the entire universe of investments available to you. And, you know, a lot of different mutual funds, there's thousands and thousands of mutual funds to choose from. So you have more choices. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, your employer just doesn't offer a whole lot of choices a lot of times because it's expensive and you know, their objectives are not the same as yours. I mean, they're trying to keep costs down in the plan. They keep their administrative costs low. And, and they also get some reimbursement from the funds in there. So they have a lot of incentives to put certain funds in your plan and not put other ones. Um, but IRAs open you up to, uh, you know, some of the very important asset classes 
that most 401k plans simply don't have access to, like small value stocks or international small or in other asset classes that just aren't available inside most plans. And in an IRA, you have access to over 10,000 mutual funds and ETFs. Um, you can also buy and sell your holdings anytime you want, so you're not locked into anything. And most 401k plans, they kind of limit the number of times you can buy and sell per year um, or that you can rebalance your portfolio. And they restrict certain times of the year that you can do that some in some plans. So you just have a lot more choices, as you mentioned, John, in, uh, in an IRA once you roll it over. Also, you get better communication. That's number two here. I mean, if you leave your account with your old employer, you're often kind of treated as a second-class citizen, you know, although not maybe not deliberately. But when you call the with a question or a problem, I mean, you're often on hold for 15 or 20 minutes just to get a real person. You know, there are forms, there are procedures to, for anything that you want to do inside the plan. It's harder to get communications regarding the plans. Often the news is distributed through the company email um, or to get in touch with an advisor or administrator. You know, those are people in the company a lot of times. So most 401k plans, you know, rules um, state that you have to have less. If you have less than $1,000 in your account, the employer can automatically shut it down and just, you know, send you your balance in your plan. So, and if you have between $1,000 and $5,000 in your plan, your employer is allowed to put it in an IRA for you automatically. Um, so, you know, your objectives and their objectives just aren't the same when it comes to your investments and your choices and your access. So you really want to consider, you know, other options with that. And having ready access to information is, is extra important in the unlikely event that something goes south with your old workplace. Um, we've seen clients whose former employers um, were sold or went into bankruptcy. And the advisor writing this article mentions, or in this article mentions that, um, you know, they had an account where a client's uh, 401k company went bankrupt and they, their account was frozen for three years um, while there were questions about the accounting in the plan. So, you know, during that time, they had no access to it. Um, so, you know, the bad things can happen in company plans like that occasionally. So you do want to be careful uh, but better communication is a big part of the factor. Yeah, another reason to roll it out is, um, you know, fees and cost. And this is something you're going to have to crunch the numbers and understand uh, what the, the fee structure is. Sometimes the, the 401ks have higher cost and higher expense ratios. And, um, you know, those can certainly add up over time. Uh, the funds offered by the 401k plan can be uh, more expensive than the norm for asset classes. And there can be a, an annual fee for the administrator charges. So there's certainly some options that maybe it would, uh, you know, be, be cheaper to keep it in there. But a lot of times we see expense ratios and they, this has come down over the years, but sometimes it can be higher cost in the 401k. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. Um, you know, they're uh, uh, they quote an advisor here from uh, the founder of, of uh, Index Fund Advisors talks about, you know, it could easily be in excess of one percent per year for the expense ratio. You have twelve B one fees sometimes loads, um, but the opposite can also be true. So you just have to be careful. You have to be cognizant of the fees, and and that can be a big issue for you know a big reason to roll your account out of your 401k and your IRA won't be fee free either. But at the same time, um, you'll have a lot more choices, more control over how you invest it, where you invest it, what you pay for. And you also have the choice to get a lot better value proposition for your expenses with more help and advice along with your investments. 
So now next one on the list here, John, is the Roth option. Um, you know, an IRA rollover opens you up to the possibility of having a Roth account um, and Roth conversions. Um, you know, you may have that in your 401k as well. You may have a Roth option, but you can't usually do conversions. Um, so, you know, if yours is one of the increasingly common 401 Roth 401k accounts, um, or if you have an after-tax 401k, then you can you can roll that directly to a Roth account out of your 401k into a Roth IRA. Um, and with Roth IRAs, you pay taxes on the funds when you contribute it to the plan, uh, but then there's no tax due. It's tax-free for the remainder. Um, when you withdraw the money, as long as you're 59 and a half, you can take it out without any penalty, without any tax. It's all tax-free. Your contributions are also available Anytime um, before you're 59 and a half in a Roth IRA, you don't have to take RMDs at age 72 and a half or age 72 um, like you do in a regular IRA. So a Roth's a good option. So, I mean, once you get it rolled over into an IRA, you, you have the option of doing partial conversions to a Roth. And you can do that in any year where you have a low income and you find yourself in a lower tax bracket. So those partial conversions aren't available in a regular 401k. Yeah, and if, you know, as you start looking into retirement, if you're um, if you'll be in a higher tax bracket or maybe tax rates are going to be higher when you start needing uh, money, then maybe the Roth is the best way to start. So if you're under the age of 59 and a half, it's certainly a lot easier to withdraw money from a Roth IRA than a traditional one. Um, there are no early uh, withdrawal penalties for the original contributions. However, the earnings are going to need to stay in there until at least 59 and a half and at least five years. So your 401k plan administrator may only permit uh, rollovers to a traditional IRA. So if so, you, you'll have to do that and then you can convert it to a Roth once it's, uh, once it's a rollover. So it gives you some more options. Yeah, that's right. Um, so another reason, though, to consider rolling money out of an, a 401k into an IRA is that you can get additional services. You know, you're not just you're not just getting investments in your, your 401k. Um, once you get into an IRA, you can oftentimes um, get the advice and services of an of a experienced advisor um, for a financial planner who can help you with retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning, and all sorts of ongoing financial advice. Um, and that's usually covered under an investment advisory relationship, so there usually aren't any additional charges for that. Um, those additional services you get. So that's another reason to consider rolling it out. And then also, you have fewer rules and easier distributions. Um, because understanding 401ks is no easy task since the company has a lot of leeway with how they can set up the plan. In contrast, IRA regulations are standardized by the IRS. Um, so an IRA, you know, with one company follows most of the same rules as with any other firm. Also, one often people often overlook the difference between a 401k and an IRA when it has to do with IRS rules regarding distributions and taxes and withholdings. Um, the IRS requires a 20% uh, withholding for any distribution out of your 401k for federal taxes. So when you take a distribution out of an IRA, you don't have to do that. You can elect exactly how much you want to take out for taxes. You can elect to have no tax held no tax withheld. Um, so you have some choices and control over the withholding if you have it rolled over into an IRA. And then also 401k plans are not really designed to make distributions very easy. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, if you're retired and you're ready to take monthly distributions, that's almost impossible in a 401k plan. 
because it usually requires you to fill out new forms every time you take a distribution um, and then choose what assets to sell inside the plan. You know, companies with IRAs typically make this much easier. In fact, if you work for an advisor, this is usually super easy since they're usually set up for systematic distributions, you know, like an automatic monthly distribution to your checking account where the investments um, to sell are automatically chosen for you every time um, you want to take money out and it's automatically deposited to your checking account. You know, with 401ks, those type of systematic distributions are, are very difficult at best, if not impossible. Yeah, one of the things we saw during the uh, the pandemic um, is getting in touch with these large service providers was yeah, impossible. Tough. It was. I mean, you talked about 15 to 20 minute hold times. They were one to two hour hold times Yep. Um, versus, were... you know, like for us, I mean, you don't have a hold time. Someone answers the phone and... So there's that's an advantage as well. We don't really talk about that from an advisor standpoint, but um, you know, you get these big institutions out there, and they they just pretty much shut down. Yeah, they COVID because everybody was calling them. They were working from home. Yeah, yeah. them only half staffed or yeah. something. Yeah, very very difficult. So here, so the last advantage here is estate planning advantages. Uh, you know, if the money is in the four hundred one k upon your death, it's going to be paid out in a lump sum to your beneficiary. Uh, which would need to be a, a, a rollover and, uh, you know, could cause some income and inheritance tax headaches. And it certainly varies depending on the plan, but most companies prefer to distribute the cash fast so they don't they don't want the liability of maintaining a frozen account of an employee who is no longer there. And, um, you know, an account for a deceased employee, they're supposed to be frozen. They're supposed to follow special ERISA rules, raising the liability for the employer. So IRAs, yeah, more payout options, uh, probably better service as well, like we just talked about when it comes to settling an estate. Uh, dealing with an estate is certainly difficult enough, so why make it more complicated uh, when involving an employer 401k plan uh, where you get no help or advice? Uh, once it's rolled, um, once you've rolled a plan into an IRA, you open the door for more choices and, and more help um, in difficult times um, you know, that you're going through at that point. So just more personal service. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great point. So the bottom line is, I mean, for people that are switching jobs or if you have an old plan that's still out there in a 401k, I mean, there are many advantages to rolling it over into an IRA. Um, of course, a lot depends on your specifics, you know, and your situation and your 401k plan, um, you know, your investment options, your fees, your loan provisions, you know, it, all those ma terms matter um, and the features and how they compare to an IRA. Um, so you should check it out though. I mean, don't just leave it, you know, and don't just default to, to, um, you know, leaving it there, no decision is a decision. So mm -hmm. you don't want to just leave it there automatically consider all the options. Um, don't let your old 401k plan get orphaned by default because you didn't evaluate your choices and make an informed decision. That's kind of the bottom line here. And that leads us up here to our question of the week. Yeah. So when is the right time to remove my children from my health insurance? And uh, obviously they can stay on until 26 yep. is the current law. But uh, I mean, what we did is when, when our kids got jobs, basically when they were in school, they stayed on there. But uh, their first job, you know, depends on what kind of insurance you have, but uh, they may have um, an HSA option, which would be good for them. You can start saving in, in the HSA for the for the child, and you can teach them about the right things to do and right things not to do. So, I, I mean, the general answer is is when they have a full-time job, um, there are options out there that they probably need to you know pick that up. 
Yeah, that's right. They want to start considering their options. And whenever, you know, the cost gets more beneficial to move off your plan, then, then that's certainly what they should do. So um, I would just, uh, yeah, just evaluate the options as soon as possible. Get them out on their own as soon as possible, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, get them paying for it. That's for sure. Yeah, we took them off as quick as possible and dropped our premium that's right it keeps going up by 20 percent per year yeah regardless unfortunately it does all right and that leads up here to our next topic here and that is the six tips to help your portfolio weather a crash right whether it's coronavirus or you just name it i mean there's that's right there's crashes over our history and uh, 2020 certainly had a futuristic ring to it right new decade uh but starting to look downright um disappointing Right, a little bit. Start yeah, talking about canceling yeah. football season. You know, that's <laughs> true. But uh, cancel vacations. Yeah, that's the worst part. And weddings and funerals have been changed. I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been, been a tough year. It really has been a tough year. Gosh, and I, you know, the other piece is you know school closures. I can't imagine uh, having young kids. I, I don't know what Tammy and I would have done with our young kids. You know, that's that's a difficult yeah. choice. I mean, um, it is. If they don't open schools back up, that's going to be a real problem for people. And so yeah. it's 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 a tough time, you know. Yeah. So there's, you know, obviously very difficult time we've been through. So we're going to talk about six ways to help your your portfolio and your your future financial stability uh, and weather in the storm. And um, by the way, this is from Elena Benson um, from Nerd Wallet uh, recently. So um, the first one is. You know, your emergency fund is there for a reason, right? right? So that's why we always preach that. That's why Dave preaches that. And having money saved um, is good for a rainy day. And, and right now, for some people, it's pouring. So if you faced a, a loss of income and onset um, unexpected expense, don't feel bad about using that money that you set aside. And remember, this is why you save the money in the first place. So don't be afraid to use some of it. And if you don't have an emergency fund saved, don't panic. Um, you know, even in a financial crisis, you do have some other options, but it, it should scare you and it should motivate you that once we get past this, you need to build an emergency fund. But that emergency fund, this is a good time to be using that for life expenses. That's right. And you have to build up your emergency fund. And how do you do that? You control your expenses. So, you know, you, you have enough money go into your emergency fund every single month. So when you do dip into it and you have to pull money out, it gets replenished quickly because um, having a well-padded emergency fund is the best way to keep yourself from having to pull money out of your investments um, in these uncertain times like this or or worse, having to go to credit cards mm-hmm. or someplace and borrow money. So you want to make sure you're putting enough additional money into your 401k plan. That's the guardrails around your portfolio to protect you. Um, and then you want to control your expenses so that you can you can, um, you know, limit how much money you have to pull out and how fast you have to pull it out. So you got to have a budget for that, right? Unfortunately, so you do have to know where your money's going. Um, but you know, you, you have no control over the coronavirus or the stock market and what it's doing. Um, so you know, you're you're going to have to, but you do have control over your expenses. So you're going to have to control what you can control know where your money's going and make sure it's going to the right places. And part of that is your emergency fund. Yeah. If you can cut some expenses back, it's, you know, you're going to pull less out of your emergency fund or investment. So that's a, that's a big piece of the puzzle. Another one is, is when you do withdraw, withdraw with caution. So tapping your emergency fund um, and cutting expenses can certainly help you avoid having to pull money out of your investments and retirement accounts. But if you find yourself in the need of more cash, 
it's important to know how to prioritize additional sources. And your first step should be to stop adding new contributions. So if you're contributing somewhere, stop that. Uh, it's an easy thing to forget if you have everything kind of set up automatically. But that would be the step number one. If you need to withdraw money from your investment accounts, it's likely best to pull it from um, you know, a brokerage account if you have one of those. Uh, these, these accounts have no withdrawal penalties. And uh, maybe the Roth IRA, the contributions that you put in there would be the next place uh, to pull that possibly. I mean, we, we like to leave Roth alone if we can, but you can pull money out of that. And um, you can now pull based on uh, what Congress passed back in, in March. You can pull up to $100,000 from your 401k in traditional IRAs without the 10% penalty that would normally come from withdrawals before age 59 and a half. So, you know, those withdrawals would still be subject to income taxes, but that bill can be spread out over three years and you can avoid it outright if you return those funds to the retirement accounts before the three years are up. So gives you some different options, brokerage account, Roth contributions, and then you can, you can pull some money from 401ks, IRAs and pay that tax bill or, you know, put it back in within three years. So whatever option you choose, you know, these measures should be taken with extreme caution. Perhaps you need to have a conversation uh, with a with a financial advisor or, you know, maybe a trusted friend or something to make sure you're not making the wrong wrong decision on that. Yeah, we do have some interesting options this year with with the special CARES Act that was passed. Um, so that's a good one. And also, though, you want to have a rebalancing strategy, John. I mean, um, you know, you, you got to have a plan for getting your portfolio back to the right allocation um, and, you know, you want to do that systematically, right? So, I mean, you have a split between your your stocks, your bonds, other investments in there, and, and the asset classes that are in there, and those will get out of balance when markets go down. So, you know, you want to have a plan, and, and it's great if you can do some rebalancing in down markets, you know, like we did back in March. Yeah. John, we did special rebalancing where we went through and, you know, stocks were way down, so we took some of the fixed income bought more of the stocks at very low prices. And when markets rebounded, those went up tremendously. Yes. You know, so that was a big benefit. And that's that's a benefit in having a plan in your portfolio and, and you know, being able to take advantage of it when markets are down. So, but rebalancing is a, a very important part of that. You want to make sure you have a strategy for that and you're, you're, you're not, you know, tempted to get out of the market. It's a disciplined process to make you buy more of what's down and sell a little bit of what's up. Yeah, and it, I mean, if you can add cheap shares, you know, historically, we, you know, we don't try to predict the future, and past performance doesn't guarantee future results. But historically, it's been a great strategy. So uh, rebalancing very important. Another one here is invest with your with your age and retirement in mind. And some investors get excited about the prospect of buying the dip, or investing in stocks when the market is down. And you know, these market lows that we saw were certainly scary. And uh, but they allow you to to buy some assets at at doorbuster prices and uh, making it beneficial to put some extra money to work. And we saw that number of people in March adding money. Right. I mean, it was we really did. refreshing. It was, yeah. It was pretty amazing that we saw so many people, and it's just called dollar cost averaging. Some people are putting money in every single month. Um, you know, if you if you contribute a percentage of your paycheck to your 401k, then your dollar cost averaging. So this strategy really takes away the stress of trying to time the market. Um, you're naturally buying the dip when the market is down, and you're buying, you know, fewer shares when it's up. But, I mean, we saw people adding additional money 
when it was down and no one knew when the market low was going to be or when it was going to turn around. But gosh, you know, when it's off 30 or 40%, you're buying more shares and That's it, right. it could have gone down 50%. It did in 2008, but um, buying more shares has been a good thing. Yeah, that's right. You do want to have a long time horizon. You know, you yeah. don't want to do this if this is short term money. You don't want to put it in a down market. But at the same time, um, you know, if you have a reasonable time horizon, you, you know what your risk tolerance is, um, then that's a great opportunity to put money in when it's down. You just want to make sure you have enough fixed income, enough bonds in your portfolio to draw from while the market is down. So you don't have to sell stocks when they're down. But that's uh that's definitely a great strategy. Yeah, and so the last item here is, you know, if you need financial help, ask for it. I mean, we're certainly available for your questions. Um, you know, if you have a financial advisor, you need to reach out to them. And this is these are really important times to, to, to not make the wrong decision, not make an emotional decision. There's resources out there. There are robo-advisors. Um, you know, there's different, um, you know, advisors that can help you in this area. Um, listen to Dave Ramsey. He's a, he's a great resource. Chris Hogan, that organization, um, you know, they're, they're very grounded on this kind of stuff. They take the emotion out of it. So find some help somewhere. Don't make a rash decision and, uh, ruin your, your retirement. I mean, that's what it boils down to. That's right. Absolutely. Good. Good topic. And that leads up here to our final thing. And that is the prescription of the week. Yeah. Uh, don't look at headlines and, and get a feeling and try to time the market. I mean, so the way the market works is there's millions of people buying and selling and all the known information is, is into the prices today. And, um, one individual trying to time the market, it, it just, it doesn't work. Um, that's right. You know, their headlines, we go back, there's always been headlines. I see them every single day. We look at them. Um, half the people are saying one thing, the other half are saying the opposite. So, don't make decisions based on headlines. Instead, have that plan, um, you know, have a strategy, have a process in place. It'll get you through it. It always has. And um, just take the emotions out of it. Yeah, you don't want to be listening to the doomsdayers out there. I mean, there's people out there all the time, you know, pushing gold and silver and, you know, all the things that, you know, are predicting some kind of doomsday type strategy. And, you know, if you let your emotions, you know, grab hold of that, I mean, it can lead you to some very poor decisions. So just just invest with a disciplined strategy in mind with a long term vision uh, of what you want to accomplish. And, you know, and, and stick to your strategy. Don't don't go chase your emotions. It will lead you to a wrong decision many, many a times. Mm -hmm. So um, great prescription of the week. All right, well, that's been this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, moneymd.net. You can give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706 739 Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good one. Ladies and gentlemen. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.